everybody. Welcome to Read This, Read That. I am Jackie Reed. I'm Joanne Reed. Girl, you need a daily schedule. We're starting like 20 minutes late. We are, because you know what the thing is, Miss Jackie? This whole thing of, of like having one long continuous day ever since this coronavirus quarantine sort of world began is that, you know, it's different because I'm so used to my day being packed. You know how my schedule is. I know how your schedule is. My schedule has been bananas for so long that to have nothing really on my schedule, a lot of stuff, it's very disorienting. So every day seems like it's all one day and it's all like Friday. It's not like a hectic Monday. Every day is Friday now, except Saturdays and Sundays when I'm actually doing my show. During the week, I'm just sort of like, mm, I guess I'll binge watch something or maybe I'll play the piano. Like I don't have a mission every day. So I need to start developing a routine of things to do, yes. you know, catch up on reading, catch up on writing. Because this whole just nebulous, not doing nothing. I'm on Twitter all day. Yeah, somebody like you who craves activity, you yes. definitely need a schedule because... Let me tell you, the first, because I'm a week ahead of everybody on this, right? If not two weeks. Yes. I went home much earlier when this did. Happened, before they were like, everybody in New York, stay home. Yeah. I went home and I was at home. So this is week four for me of being at home. Yeah. This yeah. Is week four. So the first week of this for me was like what you said, because yeah. I wasn't working on the TV show that I do. I had nothing aside from this podcast and my Vegan Sexy Cool podcast, which are both once a week, that yeah. I had to do. So I was kind of like, you know, just kind of taking every day as it came. And that stressed me out because I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a million projects. I'm going right. to clean out that. I'm going to do this. And that became overwhelming. It became really overwhelming. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to take two weeks. I'm going to take a week and just woosah. I'm just yeah. Ease and I'm not going to put anything on my schedule that I have to, that, that's not like read this, read that, vegan, sexy, cool. Those are the only two things that I scheduled. And then I focused on wellness. I didn't want to binge eat and eat bad things. I wanted to go outside every day and walk. I wanted to meditate, which I'm still trying to wrap my head around. I wanted to do yoga from home. So I really wanted to just ease into anything and anything that gave me stress or anxiety. I took off the table. So I had like a wellness break, which was great. And yeah. now I am back in the work, work mode. We're doing, you know, but I have a schedule every day, every night I sit down, I look at the, even though it's like, I mean, I was supposed to have an interview with David Allen Greer for some reason um, on zoom today, but he didn't uh, show up on the interview. So the Netflix people, he has a new movie on Netflix. They're trying to figure out what happened. There was some kind of, right. but that is on my schedule. My 1030, um, conference call with my staff is on my schedule. And then other things that I have to do, I, I have like workout in the morning, walk right. my dogs here, cook here, you know, boyfriend time here. You know, I schedule everything and I don't over schedule it. I leave a lot of time, but you ma'am, and I know it's it, with you, you drive me crazy. It is in one ear and out the other. I'm saying this, it's almost <laughs> like I'm wasting my breath because you're not going to do it. Because you have the hardest head and you are so like, I'm going to do exactly <laughs> what I want to do. You're hard at it. You are hard at it. And you know very well, uh, Jackie, Miss Miss Cousin Jackie, that normally I have not one, not two, but three people to make me do things like and to remind me of what I'm supposed to do. Which is so why I kept I'm shocked that you were not on time for this because I know. we well, went to the assistance. <laughs> right. 
this isn't. So Hank, who everybody knows, Hank, my sidekick, is one, but he's in Vermont at home. Um, my assistant is still at home. She works remotely. And so I still have them there, but I'm not as in intense communication with them as I normally, normally I'd be checking my phone Hank every minute. Like to, he's to, Hank well, to be with you. Right. And so usually I'm, I'm either, Hank is either physically with me and has to, I mean, I've been, I was late one time almost to be on the air. Because I Hank know. was not, as soon as I lost him, I ditched him because I wanted to go and talk to a friend of mine. And I was like, Hank will never let me do this. So I ditched him. And I was almost late to being on television without him. So without yeah, Hank, like second, that's why you were huffing and puffing when you Huffing and puffing at the, hello, at the start <laughs> of the show. Was watching you going like, what? <laughs> <laughs> because I literally barely made it. And so without Hank physically here and my assistant who's constantly texting me, but I'm not checking my phone like I normally do. I'm on Twitter. I'm watching TV. And so I did like, you the first week of this I did a massive cleaning right I, I did like stress cleaning I reorganized my pantry um reorganized like the spice closet like I reorganized the glasses I was cleaning you know reorganized the whole fridge clean the fridge I did like a stress clean but that's already done now so it's like well what do I do now my friend who's staying with us um she stress cooks so she stress cooks wait wait she cooks every day and so she, how long has she been there where did she come from no dude well so she had an issue with uh, uh her sister had a major accident where she can't even visit her um in new york where you know you can't visit so this is the other thing people aren't thinking about with this coronavirus crisis is that normally she'd be in new york where she could go to see her sister every day and do all that. Well, now she cannot do that. And she was coming up from Florida just to see the sister, but now she can't do that. So now she's sort of stuck. It's like going back to Florida, or, you know, she can work remotely. That doesn't help. You know, she can't fly back and forth up to see the sister. She physically can't go see her because she's in a hospital setting. So we said, just come with us. She's with us. She's stress cooking. So now I don't have to cook. So if I'm not, if there's no, I can't stress cook because she's cooking. Um, the kids are doing all their own things. Everyone's got their own lives happening. Everyone's in different wings of the house. So there's really nothing to occupy me except for my show meeting, which we had this morning at, well, this today at noon, and the doing the show on the weekends. And that's it. So well, I don't really have a mission. You have to, listen, listen, miss, I was just in the hospital <laughs> you know, just a, a month or two ago and <laughs> health concerns and meeting with doctors and all that kind of stuff. This is your chance to focus on your wellness, young lady. This is your chance to get up in the morning, do yoga, work out, you know. Go I have been working out. We have like a little gym set up in the basement. I went down yesterday and today. Starting yesterday, I, this was my week that I started really working out. So I am doing that in the morning, but then that's over in like, you know, an hour and a half of, I did the treadmill. I'm doing these great things where it's I like on the, tread <laughs> well, no, on the treadmill. The on the treadmill. On the treadmill. <laughs> no, but on the treadmill, you go places, right? So I've been to Costa Rica. Um, this morning, I this morning and yesterday I was in Egypt. So like different days this week, I'm going to different countries. I'm walking through the countries. I'm running through the countries, and then I do my little boxing thing. Let me tell you, and when that's over, then what? Start with this. Stop drinking caffeine. Because you are like the Energizer Bunny with your mouth right now. It's like a... <laughs> you are like... <laughs> I need caffeine to survive! This could be your chance to... How many cups have you had today? Two. <laughs> Let me see that mug again. How big is it? Hold it up. Uh-uh. 
You need to wean yourself. It was a present. It says you need to wean <laughs> yourself off of the caffeine. No, look. Crack! <laughs> Get off the caffeine. <laughs> but even without caffeine, here's the sad thing about it is, Cousin Jackie, even without caffeine, I'm still like this. <laughs> no, what's funny is, it's like somebody said this on our social one time, and they said, if you put our show, you can do this on iTunes, you can uh, speed it up. So you can listen to it like one and a half times the speed. Right. And they said it's funny to listen to how fast you talk and how slow <laughs> I talk on the podcast. <laughs> we probably sound like the the chipmunks. I'm sure, but you were like. <laughs> But I would be like that even without the coffee, man. That's a pro that's the problem. That's why I need activity. Help. <laughs> Listen, you're right. And here's the thing, even binge watching doesn't help because what happens is I binge the whole thing in two settings. So I'm watching like eight episodes of contagion. I do the same thing, but you've got to you've got to structure your day more. You really do. You have to say if you're working out in the morning, then you need to do something like yoga or a walk or yoga. I fall asleep with that. Mm -mm, I need something fun. Yoga can be fun. <laughs> yoga sound boring. Like I'll fall asleep. Do it with your cat or your dog. My cat, my girl, please. I, I ain't trying to be around them. I'm trying to avoid them. I spent half my time running away from them. You well, know, but yesterday, can I tell you what happened with ISIS yesterday? And then I need to hear your wind down. Because um, I hear your wind down is amazing. But before we get to the wind down, I have to tell you that having my wind down is living with ISIS in Maryland. So as you know, we, you know, we switched around our sort of, we're in the deep. Explain who ISIS is so people won't think you're talking about, you know, ISIS. I know. Not the, not the terrorist group. So we have two pets. We have Turbo, who is Turbo the dog, who I'm sure some of you have seen on Instagram. And then we have Mr. Isis, who Mr. Isis is our cat. And we've had them a little bit, almost the same time. We got Isis when Turbo was probably uh, maybe almost a year old. And a friend of ours tricked us into getting Isis because she had a wild cat in her backyard that had kittens. And she, the kittens were running all up and down the trees and everything. And she didn't want to call, you know, social services, whatever, animal control, because they would have taken them, they would have euthanized all of them. So yeah. she had a party. And normally when she would have parties at her house and you know who you are, friend, she would never invite kids. It was always you come and it's a grown-up party. It's a grown folks party. And there would be wine and it would be in her backyard. It was always grown folks. Suddenly one day she was like, you could bring your kids. And all of us are like, why can we suddenly bring our kids? Because she wanted to get rid of them cats. So of course the kids are running around, winsome, the, the, the boys running around. Everyone, all the kids are scooping up cats and then going and begging their parents to take the cats home, including our kids. And so, of course, the daughter goes up to dad and says, please, can I have the cat? And of course, he's like, since the daughter asked, go ahead, you can have the cat. So that's how we have the, the cat. But we thought the cat was a girl. And we turned the cat over. We didn't see anything. We didn't see any bits and pieces. So we were like, this must be a girl. So we named the cat Isis. Now, this was before there was the terrorist group called Isis. We named the cat Isis because the cat is black. And so we're like Isis like the goddess in Egypt, not Isis like the terrorists. Then we went on vacation about a year later. And yes, we did take a while, maybe like, maybe not in quite a year, but maybe like six, eight months later, we finally took the cat in to get his shots. Because, you know, you have a wild cat, so you don't necessarily take it in. We finally took the cat in. We're bad cat parents. When we came back, we were like, keep the cat. 
watch the cat, give the cat its shots, and please spay the cat so that when we come back, the cat won't be able to have kittens because we don't want to repeat the same problem. Honey, when we came back from that vacation, the people were all laughing. As I walked in the door, they were laughing at me. And I was like, what's so funny? They were like, you're the one with the cat, right? I, I, Isis? I said, I said, yes, that's me. And they said, you know that cat is a boy, right? And I said, no, 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 the cat's a girl. They said, we're veterinarians. <laughs> and I was like, oh! They were like, would you like to change the name of the cat? And I was like, but the cat's already got a name. So we just put Mr. in front of it. So his name is Mr. Isis. So Mr. Isis only has been allowed to live in New York. This was in Florida. We all moved to New York with Isis and Turbo. All of us moved. Then you know me. I'm not a pet person anymore. I was a pet person as a child. But as an adult, I'm not a pet person. So I'm like, fine, we have the animals. We got both of them, whatever. But just keep them out of my hair. Well, we had when we bought a home in the DMV area, down in the D.C. suburbs, we took the dog, Turbo, but we didn't take the cat because the cat claws stuff up and the daughter will not let us declaw the cat because it's- that is, that is hugely inhumane. So she, right, she won't let us do it. Yeah. That's your, that's your, that's your little, that's your little play niece. Won't that's let us cool. declaw it. Yeah, uh -uh. So we no can't declaw the cat. Just stop and say, please, anyone listening, never declaw a cat. It's something that people did for years because they yes. didn't it hurt the cat, cats, but it actually harms the cat. Yeah, it's, it's like amputating their feet. It's amputating part of their feet. Yeah, so we're, we're not allowed to do that. And it leaves them defenseless. If for some reason the cat gets lost, runs out, is out in the wild, you know, just out in the neighborhood, yeah. it cannot defend itself. So it is right. extremely cruel and harmful to do that. But go on. Yeah, but instead, the cat literally uh, takes out its frustrations with life on all our furniture. It claws everything. It claws carpets. It claws couches. It's a clawing little bastard. Mr. Isis is named properly because he's a little terrorist, and he's terrorizing my furniture, and he's a terrorist, period. End of story, boop. And so we were like, when we moved, Turbo could come because Turbo is you know, the husband, Jason's bestest friendest, so he could come and then hang out and all he does is run outside and chase birds. Isis had to stay in New York. But with all of this crisis, when the youngest son finally agreed to leave New York and come down to the house, we couldn't leave Isis behind. It's not like we could leave the cat. We didn't want to put it in cat care because that's mean. It's our cat. His name is Turbo. His name is Isis Reed. It's got the Reed name. It on its paperwork it so it's a family member so we can't get rid of it so we brought the cat so the cat for the first time is living here and right now what i've had to do in order to do this podcast is i have to literally block the door with a chair because the cat knows how to open doors well, and he wants to come in here why don't you let him come in because i don't want the cat in here <laughs> the office let, 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 me, let me take this moment on the heels of this story to say to all the parents out there listening, let Miss Joanne be your example. <laughs> if you, for some reason, have a child, if you have a child who wants a cat or dog or a hamster, snake, anything, whatever, you yourself, if you are not a pet person, not comfortable with pets, as in Joy's case, you do not <laughs> like them. If you have allergies, if your <laughs> husband or partner that's living with you has allergies or feels any of these things, does not like pets, you know, doesn't know how to care for them, do not underscore circle, do not get let your child have that pet because 
who ends up taking care of it, Joanne? The adults. The adults. It's your pet. That is very true. If you let your kid get a pet, that's your pet. It's if you your get a pet. It's your pet. Because you the kids are they're gonna lie. They're gonna lie to you and they're gonna say, Oh no, mommy, please, I'm gonna take care of it. Don't don't mommy daddy, we're gonna do it. I'll feed the cat, I'll walk the dog. No, they won't. You have to force them to do it. You have to push them every day. If we didn't remind these children when they were kids to walk, we used to make them walk the dog. They had to take turns. We had to create a schedule that yep. was up in the kitchen and every person, and they would argue, well, how come I got two days and, and he only has one? How come? And it's like, you wanted the dog. And no, so we made them walk. Them. We were on the schedule. I'm like, why are, why are the parents on the schedule? This your dog. But no, if you get a pet, it's your pet. Let me tell you what you should do instead, parents who are thinking of getting some cute little puppy or cat, which will grow into an adult eventually. Yes, it will. For your child. Don't do it. Go to a shelter with your kids on the weekend, volunteer, let them spend time with all the animals there and hang out and then go home alone yes. without any pets. Yes. That is helping out pets just by interacting. And yes. kids can learn responsibility of working with animals by going to a shelter and volunteering. Meanwhile, you don't have to have a pet at home that will eventually be yours because once again, we'll go to Miss Joanne, um, who's our example for today. When the kids left to go to college, who took the pets with them? Not a one of them. None of them. They end None up being your pets. It's your pet. And, it, and at the end of the day, you know, you're responsible for getting the, um, the, the pet to the, uh, you got to take the pet to the hospital. So know that having a pet is like having a child. It, it has to get shots. The pet has to get spayed or neutered. They have to get, they, they, they'll have a pain or an injury. You can't just leave them there. You got to take them to the doctor. So you're responsible for the insurance, the bill payments. It is your dog. It's your, you're buying the food. So yes, even if it's fish, it's yours. And so whatever fascination your children have, because I was that kid. I was actually a pet person as a kid. Mm -hmm. I loved having dogs and cats as a kid, but because in the end now when I look back on it, because I didn't really have dogs and cats. My mother, who was not a pet person, didn't even like pets and didn't believe pets should even be indoors because she was Caribbean. She was like, pets belong outside. So we were like trying to sneak the dogs in and everything, but it was ultimately her responsibility. And when things happened to them, she had to deal with it. So Yes, now I have learned my lesson. No more pets. <laughs> yeah, it's like when, when, when kids want pets, it is a phase. Much yep. like some toy that they want in the violin. They play with it and then they move on. The same yep. happens with the pets. Now, yep. you're, if you're willing to let your kid come in and out of that pet's life and basically you take care of that pet, then get a pet. But get the pet yep. for you, not for the kid. It is like, it, it, for, you're absolutely right in saying it's like a phase. It's like when kids decide they want to play the saxophone. And then two years later, you got a saxophone laying on the, on, yeah. on the bed and they don't play it. And you're like, I thought you wanted to play the saxophone. And also you're like, nah, I don't want to play it anymore. It is literally, it is a phase. And, and it, that is absolutely, that's very well said. It yeah. is a phase. And if, and if you want to test them out, foster a dog. You yes. Know, dogs in shelters, you can foster until they're adopted. Yes. My dog Oscar was in a foster home when yes. I adopted him from the shelter, but he wouldn't stay at the shelter. He would just come to the shelter so people could see him but then he would go yep. back to his foster home and yes. foster a pet for a limited amount of time and you that's can pet throughout different pets and that's a great way to have an experience because if something happens you got to go out of town you don't want the kids don't aren't interacting with the pet anymore you can just give it right back to the shelter chances are it'll get adopted out anyway yeah. And, and one other tip I will give for pet uh, people who have pets is always find a pet loving friend 
who lives nearby. Because one of the saving graces that we've had down here at the house, which we didn't have so much in New York, because New York is so clustered and everyone, people can't necessarily have pets in their buildings, right? A lot, a lot of people can even have a pet around, yeah. is what happens when you have to go out of town? is where do you put the pet so we are design our, our like interior designer guy has become like family he's become like a good friend and he's got big dogs he's got pits which are actually quite gentle dogs when if they're raised right it's that people raise them wrong they're actually very sweet dogs and turbo loves them and so when we go out of town turbo has a friend where he can go and have playtime and live and stay over there so it's like having a friend that's got dogs um, has been really helpful because that way when we have to go anywhere we know that this is a trusted person who we trust in our home and who we can take um, who will take turbo and let him stay with him now i don't know about mr isis because isis is a terrorist okay, sure. the cat. well we this is the first time the cats live with us down here so we're gonna have to have a whole new experience with this cat down here because this cat is a whole nother the cat's a whole different level when we first got these two when we first got the cat the cat was tiny if you saw him now he's giant and big and fat but he was small and so I was like, don't put him on the floor because Turbo is like, he'll, he's a little dog, so he'll attack things. So we, I was like, don't put him on the floor. Jason was like, man, put the dog on the floor. He came out when I was out of the room and put the cat on the floor. And I came back in and was screaming like, oh my God, I thought Turbo was going to get him. Turbo went for Isis. Isis jumped up, landed on Turbo's back and let him have it. And when we thought it was a girl, we're like, Turbo got beat up by a girl cat. But it turned out he's a boy and they act like two puppies. They roll around. They act like they're both dogs. They both, they act very similar to each other. But now that they're older and they're old, they're, they're 14 and 15 years old. So they're old, but they still act the same. They have the, the interaction between them is like two siblings. They fight all the time, but love each other. During our next podcast, since we're doing it visually, I want you to let the cat and the dog come in and let's <laughs> do a pet segment because I would like to find a home. <laughs> because eventually you all are probably move from where you are and leave the cat or the dog behind. oh no we can't leave oh no see that's the one thing as much as i disdain these 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 animals we they're ours now we have all they are in the family they are reeds like them or not we don't always i always like them well, they, they ain't going nowhere. Girl, they ain't going find nowhere. a home for Isis, at least. There is some loving person out there. Let's go to love Isis. He'll probably Isis. bite him. He'll, he'll probably bite him. proper diet. You know. he'll, rip up, he'll rip up all their furniture and then bite they him. They don't care. They don't care. <laughs> He's they a terrorist. <laughs> everybody does not hate cats. He's a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the pets next show so we can adopt them. Okay. Maybe by the end of the month. <laughs> Okay, so let me tell you about Yes, let's hear this wine down. I can't even drink wine. I gotta drink Perrier for this one because it was so upsetting. <laughs> so where I live in New Jersey, I don't live far from this um it, you know, I live right by the water and there's this big athletic field, if you will that has like uh, for, for youth sports, like there are all these baseball right. diamonds, there are basketball courts and all that, like it's huge. It's a huge complex right, right on the water, uh, but it's very spread out. So you can walk along the water here and there are not a lot of people there, but when you go to this big complex, there's so much space that you can move around in. So I went on a run um, last week and I was so happy because it, it was my second time discovering like a new area that I could run in. So I went on my run did that. And then I was walking around this field complex and, you know, I, I was just kind of just because there's so much grass and space right. you know, for somewhere to sit. And I was like, let me just sit and just kind of 
have this moment. Do you know what I mean? I just yeah. need that, that moment to just be outside and not have, because even when I'm running, I'm passing people. It's not yeah. crowded, but there's still people that I'm aware of and I have my mask on and gloves. So I'm yeah. sitting and it's near the park, parking lot of this complex. And I see this man and woman and like eight year old boy park, get out of their car and go walking towards the water. And I'm doing like cartwheels and stuff. And I'm just kind of stretching. Right. Three minutes later, they come back and the boy gets in the front passenger side. The man gets around. I'm, I'm watching out of the side of my, you know, like uh, in my peripheral. And the man gets in the driver's side and tries to close the door without letting the woman in. And so she's holding on to the doorknob or, or the, you know, the handle of the door, car door. And, you know, really, and I thought they were playing, but then she started, I heard her say, cause I'm about 30 feet away, you know, this is not funny. It's not funny. And she had a heavy, like Italian accent. So she's saying, you know, it's not funny, not funny. And so he finally closes the door and starts the car and starts to back up. She jumps on the hood of the car what watching all this and there are not a lot of people around like people are way like far off I'm the closest one to them so I'm watching and I'm looking at this and I kind of get up from where I am and I start walking by but I'm still you know like 30 feet away from them but I'm walking by and I'm looking and then he tries to back out and then she jumps off the hood of the car and stands behind the car so he can't back out of the space right right so I'm like okay I don't know what's going on. Is this a child abduction? Is this, a, I, I don't know what's happening here because she right. was desperate to stop him. So I was like, okay, let me hold my phone up. You know, so I hold my phone up as if I'm, I'm not recording because I got gloves on and I'm trying to record, right. but it won't record. Right, so I right. my phone up and I'm like, I'm, so I'm just going to stand here. And then, um, you know, he, they see me recording. She comes back around and gets on the hood of the car, right? And so I was like, Let me, and they're arguing back and forth. And I, so I start recording and I'm just standing there because I want him to know. I want him right. to see me in case she's in trouble. Right. And so they stop. She looks at me. I couldn't tell if he was looking at me because he was in the car and she looks back and they're talking. And then I hear her say, just unblock me, just unblock me. And then I'm like, damn it. She might be a crazy person and he's right. trying to get away from her, but I don't know. I'm still going to stand here. So I stopped recording, but I'm still holding my phone there. You know, I've just got, I'm just like, you know. Right. <laughs> Jane Citizen, you know. Right. Citizen's arrest. So I'm standing there. And then she gets off the car and she starts walking towards me. And I'm like, but he's still in his car with the kid. And I'm like, and this went on for a while. And I, I say to her, are you okay? And she says, yes, I'm fine. She said, but why are you recording us? And I said, well. I felt like you were in trouble. And she said, no, I'm fine. It's a long story. She said, but can you delete? And I was like, wow. No. And she was like, I, I just need you to delete. And she seems to be upset about this. So I said, you know what? I don't want no trouble. You seem like a crazy person. So I'm like, okay, fine. She's like in front of me. I said, I'll delete this bitch. Grab my phone. What? In the middle of the damn coronavirus, grab my phone. Bro, let me tell Stop. you, I went off. I was like, you need to back up. You need to back up. Get away from me. I said, I will delete this, but you need to back up. So Did you grab your phone out of your hand? She grabbed it, but I still had it. So she right. didn't get it out of my she hand. She was almost touching you. She was almost she touching, touching me. Phone. She touched my phone. So 
Mind you, I got one glove on now and I have a mask on, but I've got one glove on now because I had to take the other one to record right, right. the video. So I was like, you know, hold up. So she's like, I just need to see you delete it. I'm like, this Are bitch. you kidding me? Girl, so I was doing like this and I said, you can, and she stood over there and I went in and I deleted it, right? And I was like, oh. So she was like, you know, thank you. She was like, you know, do you live around here? I was like, you know what? Oh, you you ain't getting that no answer. This. No parts of this. And then the man is gets out of the car. She's oh, trying no. to like talk to me and, to, and I'm just like, I oh, no. No, 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 no. Getting out of the car and coming towards both of us and her back is to him. And I was interrupting her saying, um, he's coming towards us. And she said, she looks and she says, don't worry about him. Let's go over here. I said, no, 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 no. Go said, over I'm, not, I'm not in this. And he's like, why are angry? Why are you recording us? I said, listen, I thought she was in trouble. I said, but she says she's fine. And I deleted it. No, you didn't. I said, yes, I did. And he was like, no one is going to mistreat my son. I'm not going to let anyone mistreat my son. I'm like, this is some bullshit here. So he goes and gets back in the car. And I was like, I'm so done with this. I start walking away, right? And I'm maybe about 50 feet away. And I look back and he's back in the car. She's leaning on the hood of the car. And then he backs away and drives off. And leaves her there. And leaves her there. She comes running towards me. I'm like, here we fucking go. So she gets oh, no. to me and she's like, and I'm thinking she's going to ask for help or money or, or can you call someone? Maybe your phone's in the car. I don't know what's going on, but I'm still walking with haste. I'm moving away. And she's like, excuse me, excuse me. She said, can you delete video? And I said, what do you mean? I deleted it. She said, she was explaining that when you delete something, as you know, it stays in a file. Yeah. And you delete yeah. it from there, like previously deleted. I said, listen, you and I are done. I'm not deleting anything else. No, you have to. You have to. And I said, I'm not going to. And I said, if you do not, and I keep walking, she's following me. Oh, no. I said, ma'am, you need to move away from, like, I'm really upset at this point. And I said, I will oh call God. the police if you do not move away from me. And she was like, can you, it's my video. You cannot record me and blah, 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 blah. She's talking. And I called my boyfriend. I was like, listen. I told him where I was. I said, can you come and get me? Because this, this woman is crazy and I'm about to call the police. So he's like, I'm on my way in the car. So I hang up with him and I'm like, I'm calling the police. I'll call the police and I'm telling them, and she's standing maybe about six feet from me, right? She's not that far. And so I'm telling them the situation and she the whole time, no, because she has video of me. She's yelling, she, she has video, oh of, me. She has video of me. Then my boyfriend pulls up because we, we're not that far from this place. He pulls up and he's just like, get in the car. So I get in the car and I'm still talking to the police and the two of them have words, but they don't come near each other because I'm kind of watching. And then he gets in the car and the police are like, you still want us to send someone? I said, no, because I, I feel safe now. And I said, I don't want you all to waste, you know, the resources right. at this point. I said, you know, but they asked me for my name and number and a description of her and the car and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, in the video. Girl, I was so upset. I was like, I have not been back on a run since. I've been working out inside because I'm like, 
try to be a good Samaritan. Exactly. Do the do something to help somebody. And I end up in the midst of a coronavirus with somebody who wants to be all up on me. Girl, when I tell you I I took my clothes off, put them all in the washing machine, washed down, sanitized everything, threw away. Hopefully the phone. The phone I washed off. I'm telling you, my mask, everything. I was like, oh, I was so upset. That's terrible. I mean, the thing is, first of all, the fact that anyone would even attempt to touch anyone or get that close to anyone, we're supposed to be eight feet away in the middle of a coronavirus crisis. And the fact that, as you said, you're trying to help a woman in a confrontation with a man and she turns on you. This is like when you see a man and a woman physically fighting and you try to intervene and the woman attacks you. You know what I mean? This is, that is bananas crazy. Girl, when I say I have to think twice while we're in this whole pandemic phase, of stepping into something because I put myself in danger yeah. of being exposed to something because I'm, I should have just called the police and left it yeah. at that. You yeah. know, I learned my lesson because I've done that before when I've seen couples fighting, I've intervened. Yeah. Um, we want to have, you know, the instinct is we to, want to help. The instinct is to help. Absolutely. But other but people were walking by and seeing her on the hood of the car and they didn't get into it. So, you know, but I was like, I But also it. the thing is, as a journalist, you, you, you are, there's a more of a, you know, it's not the other curiosity, but you kind of feel like you are a bit more responsible when you see things happen. This is like if you see a car accident or you see a crime happening. From even a journalistic perspective, you don't just walk <laughs> away. From, from because you're like, is this a story I should be telling? Is it's this not even a story I should be telling, but it's like you feel more responsible as, you know, you're not like an average citizen. You're a person that has some responsibility to tell the stories of what are happening in the world, if you know what I mean. So it's like, I, I have the same instinct when you see something happening. You're like, it's not like I'm a civilian civilian. I'm a civilian, but you know what I mean? I'm kind of in the news business. It's like, I feel more responsible to say some things. So I'm in the same boat. And yeah. you think if I had said something, you don't want to have regret that you didn't help and then you find out later that the person was killed. We had a, a someone on our block where the couple used to fight all the time, physically screaming at each other in the street. Fast forward like a, a, you know maybe a year after we moved in and they were a couple that always was bickering and arguing. All of us saw it. The woman ended up dead. She ended up thrown down the front stairs you know, of a brownstone. She, she was found at the bottom of the brownstone with the toddler walking around as she was dead. And the husband, the boyfriend, whatever he was, was the chief suspect. And I always think, you know, it, should I have been the person to stop him somehow? Not that you could stop him, but you have that guilty feeling of maybe I should have, you weren't, they weren't like physically fighting in the street, but you could see he was mean, that he was aggressive, that he was that kind of a guy. You know what I mean? And so you do have a question of my reason I never called 911 is these are black people. And I'm so afraid that the police will kill someone that I like I call 911 when I'm prepared to watch somebody die I hate to be that way but you know I've got my godbrother's a cop but I know how police will stay right when it's a black person that they're confronting a lot of times they'll shoot first and ask questions later so I'm very reluctant to call 911 very reluctant it has to be really catastrophic because we prepared to see somebody get shot you know and so it's tough I think yeah I mean that can be tricky but I do think that we have to but we have to handle calling 911 differently. I think that there are times when you do have to call 911 no matter what is going on. Yeah. Um, and, and those fears are very real that, that, that you discussed there with them shooting someone if it's an African-American couple. But I think you have to be very descriptive of this is someone with mental illness. This yeah. is da, 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 I'll meet you outside. Right. It's like, you know, if, if 
I know every case can't be handled that way, but I do think- But I mean, in your case, you're the black person calling, you know what I mean? There are people who they called 911 and they are the victim, they are the person in jeopardy and they end up in a confrontation with police because in some situations, police can be very jumpy at the, you just don't know what kind of cop you're getting. You could be getting a wonderful police officer like some of the ones I know, like my God brother, you could be getting a great officer or you could be getting a jumpy officer. You gotta know who you're getting. I just don't think, I think we have to, I mean, listen, I'm glad the police exist. Yes. One exists because if I'm in trouble, like I was that day, I felt that my life was in danger or my safety was at least in in danger. Um, That, that I'm glad the police are there to call. But I remember being a journalism student and I remember we had this, um, uh, this journalist at the time, I can't remember his name, but he came to speak to our class and he was a brother and he was a print reporter. And he was talking about how when you're a reporter, you can't shit where you eat. He was like, he lived in this building and I, I think he lived in Baltimore or some somewhere in the, cause the program was in DC. So it was somewhere right. in the DC area that he lived. Um, so maybe, maybe, I think it was Baltimore though, but he said he lived in this building cause he didn't make a lot of money where there was like some drug activity going on in his mm-hmm. building. And he said that that was something that could have been a story on some days with things that were happening, but he said he had to ignore what was going on in his yeah. building because he lived there. Yep. You know I mean, and I think as a reporter, there are times when I see, I try not to, I try to be mindful of things that are going on with my neighbors that may be newsworthy and, you know, based on not crime or just interesting yeah. things. And I try not to die. I try to let people around me live. Yep. But When I'm out and about, like if I'm at the airport and a flight is grounded for some reason and I see something go, girl, I go into reporter mode because I'm Uh like, I want to know more. I want to know what's going on. And I want to call somebody and say, you need to be covering this story. (laughs) But it is tricky when it comes to dialing 911. But, you know, in the case you were in, you had no choice. And, And the thing is, the other question is the intervene question, because, you know, there's the social science of it that says that. Um, people are much more likely to intervene when they're alone than when they're in a group. So there's a group think problem with intervening where if somebody hears a woman screaming help and they're the only person on the street, they're much more likely to act because they look around and there's no one else. Like the situation you were in, there are not a lot of other people. The more people that are in the street, the actually more unsafe a person screaming help is. There have been all of these tests, these are the Milgram tests, I believe they are, that a woman screaming help and there's a crowd of people will often not get help because people defer responsibility onto the other people and say, well, one of them will do it, not me. But when it's just you and them, or it's just you and them and very few other people, you are actually more likely to intervene, ironically enough, even though you're less. I don't, know, I don't know who the Milgram people are, but let me tell you, when I've been <laughs> in situations where I've been with friends and we've heard someone calling out, you know, we've or or seen someone in trouble i'm lucky that i have been with people where we all get involved where yeah. we're all like somebody call the police somebody do this and like we and i i think that you know that those i wish that i had been with other people because when it, at least there was safety in numbers although if yeah. i were my boyfriend he'd probably be like let's keep going but yeah i mean i do think that there are a lot of good samaritans out there that will intervene and will get involved whether they're alone or with groups i have a girlfriend who recently saved a woman from choking because she was out with a group of her girlfriends and they heard someone screaming for help and um my girlfriend who is a superhero went running 
towards these people outside of like a an event hall and they were screaming help because a woman um was outside choking on food oh, and my girlfriend performed the heimlich and saved her and she, she was with a group of people so they you know what i mean it, it just varies i mean but it, here's a here's a question now here's more of a dilemma question what happens in an era where touching people could kill you because you know i'm watching um containment have you ever seen this this movie where i've heard of it but i'm not watching it right now i don't oh need anything to heighten my anxiety right now you should not be watching that right now. i know i watched stuff to make it make myself feel worse but so i just binged the whole 12 episodes of containment and that is the story so and it's crazy that they made this in 2017 and it's so true to life a virus breaks out and you the government is responsible their negligence caused it and now you have this group of people trying to deal with it and some of them are trapped they, they, they block them in to the zone where the, where the outbreak happens. So people are all putting masks on. It's wild because they talk about the standing six to eight feet apart. They talk about people having to stay home. Like all the stuff we're dealing with now okay. is the way they're dealing with it in this fictional drama. And one of the things is a, one of the doctors says that she tells the story of this older doctor who heroically tried to save someone from some virus that they were dealing with and the person and they got sick. And she said that their compassion killed them. And that when she's fighting this, this virus, she can't afford compassion. One of the characters who dies in it tries to save a little girl who turns out to have the virus. And so touching her, she bumps her hand. So she's got an open wound. The girl's blood is all over her, gets in her wound, and she ends up catching it. And so it's like, the, in, in a world where you're not supposed to touch anyone, then what happens if some, you know, are people going to still have that instinct? Hopefully they will, that heroic instinct to help people. I don't think but so. I don't think my same girlfriend who ran to help that woman, she wouldn't do it today. That's the problem, right? Is you can't touch people. Not only for her safety, but the fact that she is helping to care for her two elderly parents, both of whom have serious health issues. Yeah. So you, 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 that comes into play too. It's not just about, well, I could be the hero for the day and maybe I'll get it, maybe I won't. But if I do, I won't just get sick, but I've got other people that, I that I'm going to be in contact with. You know, I live with someone, so I have to be considerate right. of all of that. Um, when it comes to that it's you know and that's what is going on with the health professionals right now doctors and nurses in hospitals every day who like we talked about last week they didn't sign up to put their lives on the line to save lives every day but now they are every day i mean the story and they're dying there's been doctors doctor in new jersey who died yep. um, in his husband's arms i mean but yep. there's stories like that across the country some of them we know about some of them we don't because i will I will never believe that we know the real numbers, the number no. of cases, the number no. of deaths in this country and around the world. The real numbers are just underreported, grossly underreported. Especially since this is the week when we found out that the Trump administration was briefed on the fact that the death toll could wind up being over 200,000 people. And just that number is so, it's hard to get your head around the fact that 200,000 fellow Americans could die from this. I think that's low, by the way. I think that's a low number that they threw out there. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. Can you imagine? I mean, 3,000 or so odd people died on 9-11, and it changed everything about the way we fly, everything about the way. They, they invented a whole new agency, the TSA, because of it. You yeah. can't bring a soda on the plane. 
Yes, 3,000 people died. It changed our whole lives. How much would 200,000 people dying change our lives? That's why I don't think we're going to go back to normal. I don't think, you know, I think the handshake is a dead thing. It's a dead instrument that existed before this. After this, people aren't going to go back to shaking hands. People are going to go back to some of these practices. I won't go. I don't know if, you know, people laughed at Michael Jackson back in the day when he was wearing those masks. Hello? About we all, and we all used to look Hello? strangely at people who were wearing masks. And Hello? now it's a common thing. I will probably wear a mask every day outside. I mean, I, I this is- On me. the subway? Would you ever ride the subway without a mask on? Never. Rubber gloves and no hello. I mean, the thing is, right. And in some cultures, like in China, wearing a mask is fairly common because some of the cities in China are very polluted. And so people just commonly throw a mask on before they go. And when you see people who, who've recently come from China and they're in the U.S., it looked, it used to look odd. Now it's so common. I, you know, we've had to do food runs. The only time we leave the house is to go do a run, to go buy groceries. Yeah. And half the people are walking around in masks. And the people who look strange are the people without masks. And that's <laughs> the one up. Yes. That's the thing. It's like when I'm out walking, when I was out walking, I haven't been back out um, since my incident, but people would say to me, wow, you have a nice, nice mask. And they would have masks on. We have conversations about masks through our mask and at a distance, at a long right. distance. Um, yeah. You know, it was, it's just like, it's just the common thing. But I, have, I, you know, I make sure my mother has a mask, but she should not be leaving the house. No. She has nice property around, plenty of land. Yeah. She ain't got to go nowhere. Uh, my sister has a mask. I have, I mean, I just, and gloves and everything. Yeah. I think that once this is over, um, and I think we have a long way to go. I don't think we are even seeing a hint of a light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, I think no. what's going on, just not with the way that we interact with each other, but I think uh, the financial system is just going to mm-hmm. I wonder if we, how far away we are from the bank saying, you know what, we got to close at least for a week. Exactly. So oh, let me tell you something. The first Monday that they stalled the stock market, that mm-hmm. scared me so much that I went on my little E-Trade and sold everything and paid down debt. I was like, let me but sold. Think about, so, but think about your money in the bank. Think about if you got money in the bank, because people are taking, people are now taking their money out of the bank, right? Out of the banks. Um, I, I mean, I just, I'm just afraid I'm more than I am afraid of contracting the virus. I'm afraid of what is going to happen to our society, you know, and we know we don't have federal, we don't have presidential leadership, which is an other odd thing. There are a lot of states that have poor leadership, you know, your mom, your Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, like we have states that have terrible leadership. And so they also pose a risk to the rest of the country, right? And then you've got this dude in front of the, in charge of the economy who bankrupted himself five or six times. So he doesn't know what he's doing. He's got a company. He's trying to to run a business, albeit he's a terrible businessman. He's just trying to think about the finance of everything. And you don't know how to do that either. And so we're gonna, we already have 6.6 million people applied for um, uh, unemployment insurance this past week, which we know that's just the people who could get through. A lot of people couldn't even get through. My son who is trying to apply for unemployment in New York, it's always busy. And so you just get a busy signal. So a lot of people haven't even been able to complete the applications for unemployment. So when the whole number comes in, it's not gonna be 6 million, it's gonna be 20 million. So we might have 30 million, the estimate is we will have 30 million people unemployed as of, I guess, the end of April. So if we have 30 million people unemployed, what's the unemployment rate gonna be? Like 14, 15, 16, 17%? We're about to be in a, in a depression. And we have a, a president who does not know what he is doing and cannot and think- around him who are not 
to me, he does what he wants to do, even though he, he listens to what he wants to listen to. And Dr. Fauci is a perfect example of that. He is constantly in those news conferences, which I wish people would stop carrying um, mm -hmm. and putting on the television screen. I wish they would just record it and take bits and pieces from it, not interrupt programming and show the whole thing. But the, how much that Trump and Dr. Fauci have disagreed time and time again um, you know, at that podium, at these briefings tells you, I mean, this man, Dr. Fauci is like, who's higher than him when it comes to infectious diseases? I mean, he's, he's back during the HIV AIDS crisis and has yeah. been his entire career working yeah. on infectious diseases. That's all he does. And he's been there since 1984. Yeah. 84 is when he started the job. So and, yes, Trump, and Trump is not listening to him. And not only that, but his base, his followers are becoming angry at Dr. Fauci for telling the truth. They don't like what they're hearing. He has to have physical protection from Trump's supporters because they see him now as a deep state person trying to get Trump. Because it, it is a, it's almost a religious or racial religious cult that Trump is running. And they don't, they, they are, these are people who are saying they will lick the floor of their church to prove there is no coronavirus. That they are going to still steadfastly go to church services, do whatever they want. They're not listening. Governors that follow him, like from Florida, Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, they are refusing to listen to the science because all they listen to is Trump. He is, he's almost God himself and whatever he says goes and they will ignore everything and let their people die. And these people are happily risking their lives and all of our lives. Because by the way, if you risk your own life, you could carry it and give it to other people who do believe in the science. Right. So I it's- believe that the governor of Florida, you know, while he put in a statewide, you know, stay at home, you know, but he said that churches um, and other religious organizations could still meet and gather. That's right. And that's where people are going to die. People are going to die. Mm -hmm. I mean, in Albany, Georgia, which is where my father is from, and I have a lot of family there because my father was one of 10 siblings. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of family in Albany, Georgia. And in the state of Georgia, that is the worst place. Like Westchester County was here in New York at first. And yeah. Albany, Georgia, because of one person they believe who attended a funeral there and that person was contagious and spread it throughout. And that entire family, uh, well, not entire family, but a lot of members of that family yep. have gotten sick. And it, it is like the number of cases are the most in this little town of Albany, Georgia. Yeah, and that's what's happening all over. We just saw the story <clears throat> that dropped in New York about a woman who actually worked for conservative radio. She was a conservative radio um, reporter who didn't believe it and was downplaying the virus on this radio station, um, went to and decided to throw her 90-year-old mother, 80 or 90-year-old mother, a birthday party. A whole bunch of those people are now infected. Three or four of the people have died. Remember, it's a birthday party for a senior citizen. So a lot of people there were also older. Right. And you have a lot of those people are now dead or sick because of, and that is now considered a cluster, a, a, an infection cluster. And this it should also be considered a crime. One would think because she, book. yeah, but and this, and yeah, because she didn't believe it because Trump said it wasn't real. And what so she you will get an ordinance. You will get. Um, what am I trying to say? You you will get fined in Jordan in Georgia in New York if you are out gathering. Now yes. the, the the mayor has said that they will serve you with some kind of a yes. warrant or a ticket or whatever if you're out and gathering for up they to. They've been pastors who've gotten arrested. 
um, because they are on gathering and they should be. There's some countries that will shoot people that are out. I read, I was not playing in Italy. You will be arrested period, point blank, period. If you walk out of your house, even if you go shopping in Italy, they clamp down so much. And that's why their curve is flattening. They've made it. So if you even do store runs, you have to go by yourself. There's no two people going to the store. One. Yeah, one. If you go out and even two people together, they will stop you. If they see any groups of more than one single person, you will get stopped by the police. You're not allowed to go out with anyone else. You go out by yourself and that's it. You And they are really strict. And that's why their curve is flattening. South Korea, their first case and our first case were announced the same day. Their curve is now flattening like this. Ours is shooting up because we're not doing the right things. And governors that are trying, like Cuomo, are having to fight governors like DeSantis and Kemp, who were so slow. You know, New Florida is the fourth borough of New York. A lot of people from Florida live in New York. They yeah. go back and forth like we- A lot of seniors live yeah. in New York. I mean, in a lot of, they're well. snowbirds. Right, and so you're talking about people who go back and forth. I know so many of these people, older people, who go back and forth between Florida and New York. The spring break kids, hello, they didn't live in Florida. These spring break kids have now gone all over the country. And, they've t- and a lot of them have taken that virus home. So the, 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 the amount of irresponsibility of these governors, for, for Kemp to say he just found out that you can be contagious when you're not symptomatic. He just figured out what asymptomatic means 24 hours ago. Is he high on crack? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. These people were just doing what Trump, they were trying to be obedient to Trump instead of obedient to their constituents and to, and to people's lives. These people are letting people die and it's criminal. You know, it's funny. It, well, it's not funny, but what I find with a lot of my girlfriends and friends that I'm talking to is just such high anxiety over this. Um, yeah. Not only, you know, trying to stay safe and keep your parents safe, um, you know, or people who have some kind of underlying health issue, even, you know, even if they're not elderly, there's yeah. concerns about that, but there's also concerns about work, you know, about yeah. what, you know, people have been furloughed, um, yeah. you know, they don't have a job to, to go back to. I mean, it's, yeah. it's crazy. What is it? The level of anxiety people are under because sometimes you just have to kind of pinch yourself to say, is this really happening? Because for those of us, you know, who are blessed enough to have a roof over our heads, to have, you know, food options, to be able to run out and grab this, grab that. And, you know, some people, I was watching um, TV earlier this week and they had in Pittsburgh, they opened up this food pantry where they were, you know, going to give out food to families um, that were, you know, affected financially by this pandemic. And that line, um, and I'm sure you saw it, it was, it was like de- cars and cars and cars and yeah. cars and cars and cars and cars. I, I, it, it broke my heart. It broke it's my heart line. to think about how many people yeah. are going to, you know, are worried about, you know, I, I may have food right now, but next week, right. am I going to be able to eat? People that and also are the money that they're getting from the federal government is going to take weeks because they don't have a payroll system that can efficiently deposit that twelve hundred dollars plus five hundred per kid. It could take four weeks to get that money, and you have to have filed your taxes in 2018 and twenty seventeen. There are all these if if ifs, and so people are are waiting for that money. It's desperately needed. It needs to be in their hands now. Well, people need it comes, it's not going to be enough, and it it's won't be enough. Not- that won't go anywhere. 
that won't pay your rent. If pe- there are a lot of people who are going to miss rent payments and not just individuals who will miss rent payments. We both know people who run restaurants. If you, you also rent, so you're also a renter. And so you're renting the restaurant. You also are paying a payroll of people. You probably laid off most of them. And so the anxiety is double because you're thinking I'm responsible for these people. I want them to still have money. I also have to pay my rent and not get evicted. The rent person I'm renting from has to pay their mortgage so they don't get foreclosed on. There's a cascading effect on the economy that is going to be so catastrophic. I don't think we've even really reckoned with it. No, I keep saying we're not even near. And it's like, you know, for, for a lot of us, it's like, when will we go back to any sense of normalcy? I was listening to an interview with Dr. Fauci um, earlier today that he did with the New York Times. And um, they were asking him, at what point do you, do, will you be optimistic about this ending? Uh, he was like, well, it's not in the foreseeable future. He said, uh, he said, when the number of new cases stops growing the way that it is and when the number of deaths stop growing in the United States. He's like, yeah. that's when I'll feel like, okay, we, we're, st- we're starting to turn back. Like things are right. starting to get better. He said, until that happens, he doesn't know when. He, he could say, you know what? Two weeks from now, uh, two yeah. months from now, he said he cannot put a, a date or a timeline on it. He said the virus, tell, we'll, we'll put the timeline on it. He said yeah. the virus decides. And that is very thing. And then he also said that it could come back in the fall. And it can come back because it's, it's, it's not like people try to call it the flu. It's bullshit. But the one way it is like the flu is that it's seasonal and that it will come back. Usually it will maybe dissipate in the summer and then come back. And that it may not be seasonal. They were saying that yeah. they don't know if that is true. They right. were saying that you could look in places like Florida where it's hot. People are they getting, getting it. They're getting it in Africa. It's like, if it's supposed Africa. to be killed by warm weather, why are they getting it on the continent? Why are they getting it in Australia? Where Hello? So that's the scary thing about this. We don't know. We Like now they're saying, before they were like, you don't have to wear a mask if you're not sick, right? Well, then why are doctors and nurses wearing masks, right? right. Doesn't that protect them from getting it? So right. it, it was just, it didn't make sense. That's why I had my mask all along. No, and now they're thinking the changing it and saying- yep. That maybe you should wear a mask. Right. And it's so it's so belated and stutter step instead of having one coherent message. I mean, Donald Trump's probably biggest failing is that his ego is such that he can't accept that he doesn't know things. If he had been wise, he would have from the very beginning just let Fauci talk and not said anything. I said, oh, let me defer to this expert. You listen to him. And he he's gonna have to be there. He didn't even have to he be there. He didn't have to be there. He, he could just let Fauci to make up. He could have been eating M and M's and Big Macs and watching on TV like the rest of us. Golfing. He don't have to do. You're not good at this, man. Just back up. Let the expert talk. Azar's no good. He has Jared trying to be in charge. Come on, Jared. You're not in charge. You don't know about this. You see the day? Who are these people, Joyad, That Trump marched up there. Some pillow guy. My um, pillow. Okay. Can we talk pillow about my pillow day? Why did he and he got up there and talked about we need to return to Jesus? I was like, is what? he having commercial time in his press conferences? He literally got up and said, We need to return to the Lord. So it's like you didn't even talk about my pillow. What are you doing there, my pillow man? Now, allegedly, his company is supposedly converting itself to try to make masks. He didn't say that. He just said, go back to God and have God exactly. in the school. Who's like, yeah, I mean, why are you? We didn't say that. If he had said that, he would have been like, oh, that's why the MyPillow guy's there. It was just like, oh, now the MyPillow guy is there. 
Well, how is that? What? What? And now Trump is tweeting about he's been on the phone with his friend MBS, Mohammed bin Salman, the guy who cut uh, off the head of a uh, Washington Post reporter, had him murdered, and his friend Vladimir Putin. And he bragged on Twitter today that they are going to raise the, they're going to cut the amount of oil production by 10%, which will be great for the oil industry. Well, buffo, Donald Trump. Now we pay higher oil prices for those who can't afford to buy gas. And, uh, and what does that have to do with this? And now they're going to also do go after drug lords on the southern border. That's what he's using the time for now, for I bullshit. I can't. I cannot. So how are you dealing? How are you managing all your stress aside from drinking way too much caffeine? Well, I'm trying to drink less alcohol because that's one of the things is that I've been, I put, I'm putting on very quickly the Corona weight. So I'm trying to use the gym, you know, as both a stress reliever yeah. and to fill time but also to decrease anxiety but yeah my, my sleeping is back to being just all just jacked up no um, why oh no all the progress that i've made on getting to sleep is all bollocks why I, is your sleep messed up when you're home most of the time because the anxiety my anxiety is so high that i can't get to sleep and then every piece of anxiety feels like is do i have a heart problem because i have chest pain i'm like this might be a heart problem. And then the anxiety of thinking, I wonder if I have Corona. I wonder if I have a heart problem every time I sneeze or have a cough. I'm like, oh my God, is this Corona? And then it literally, the anxiety of being, thinking maybe I'm getting sick is making the anxiety worse. And then I spend all my time either watching zombie shows or other things about pandemics or Tiger King. And so, and so the anxiety is not helping and I can't sleep. So I am not sleeping. Um, I'm eating too much. I'm drinking too much. But what I'm trying to do now is undo that. So like the gym thing is the first, this week was the first week. I'm like, okay, we have to pull back on just indulging in your anxiousness, right? So my in de-indulging whatever myself is to eat less, eat less bread, eat less carbs, um, try to eat more healthy. Uh, and then on top of it, exercise more, and just try to not have a lot of alcohol. So, you know, drink, drink more water. I got all these great like fizzy waters. So yeah. that's pretty much it. Well, I hate that you are not sleeping, but I will tell you this. I know, well, let me tell people, anybody that's doing what Joanne is doing, let me help you because she won't listen. Cause she's <laughs> <laughs> Pass that on to others. Do not watch things that give you anxiety like pandemic watch no. things that make you happy give you joy one thing that i love right now is that the hallmark channel is running all of its christmas movies and programs oh. which if you're like me i love holiday movies like they just they just give me such joy i'm like even though hallmark has a big diversity issue i have to put that on the shelf right now and during christmas time i try not to lean in it too much it's enough that i know there's a black santa so <laughs> I let myself watch Hallmark and they, they did better this past season, but like, I try to watch comedies, mm -hmm. reality shows, you know, cause they were taped a long time ago. I try to not watch anything that gives me anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I will never watch that Tiger King mess because of girl, the abuse against the animals, animals in captivity. And oh, that it's so bad. Ooh. But, but I, I mean, I don't even want to watch it because I, when I heard about what it was and, you know, I'm against animals being in captivity in any way, particularly in people's homes because you domesticate them and then they can't survive in the wild. 
you know what I mean? And it just, you know, it's just cruelty. But I, I know it's, it's a crazy wild ride, but I, I will not be watching that. But you have to choose things that don't give you stress, Miss Pandemic. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to find the movie that my sister, June Carroll, wonderful actress extraordinaire, was in a Christmas film. So I'm going to find it. She was in a Christmas movie just this past um Was she in the one with Sherry Shepard? Sorry? Was she in the one with Sherry Shepard? I wonder if she was in that one. Or yeah, Jack but she was Harry? in a Christmas movie. Um, and I want to find that because I want to find yeah. It's called One Fine Christmas. Who was um, that? So let me go through it and just whoops, 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 whoops. No thanks. Okay, there we go. There we go. One fine Christmas. It was uh, my sister, along with Rick Fox, um, Daniel Bucco, Sasha Fox, Marla Gibbs was in it. I saw that. Yes. Oh Eva Ladere. Um, yeah, my play. I gotta go watch it again. I saw she that. The main character in it. She played Maddie. Yeah, she played Maddie in it. And yeah, so my sister was in this movie. So if you want to watch a Christmas movie that will be fun, I, I want to say that her husband in it was Alfonso Caballero. I think that's who played her husband. But yes, my sister was in a Christmas movie. So if you want a nice Christmas movie to cheer yourself up, One Fine Christmas with June Carroll in it. I tell you, yeah. I definitely will go check that out. I have seen it because, of course, I remember everything that Rick Fox is in. But I also, um, you have to watch the new movie on Netflix, if you haven't seen it already, Joanne, Uncorked, um, which is about... Uh, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, oh, it's so it's like one of the top movies, and the guy who wrote it and produced it um, also worked on Girlfriends. He's worked on, I'm forgetting the number of things that he's worked on behind the scenes over the years to build up. Yep. This. this is his, you know, first film. I think he directed mm -hmm. it as well, but... Courtney B. Vance is in it and Niecy Nash. And it's about a young black man whose father in St. Is it Saint, it's in Memphis owns a rib joint. Courtney B. Vance is his father. And his father inherited the business from his father. And so he wants to pass it on to his son, who's a 20-something, who wants to be a sommelier. He's okay. He wines and really does not want to work in the family business at all. And it's about, you know, that dynamic between the family, him trying to pursue his dream. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is such a great independent film. You will love it so much. And that will give you joy. There's a lot well, of comedy in it. Niecy Nash is hilarious. And so is Courtney. And everything. But it's, it's good. It really is a great story and great music, too. And you're and a I, kid, so I know you will love that. Well, I haven't started watching it yet, but Self Made is also on Netflix if you want to watch a film about Madam C.J. Walker. Don't Let even. Let me stop you. <laughs> I'm watching it. Because Tiffany Haddish, who I love, should not be playing Octavia Spencer's daughter. They are too close in age. It ruins everything for me. I couldn't get so back. That, oh, so that's the issue that you think that she was too. I just yeah, a lot of people have the same issue. If you read reviews and if you go on Twitter, yeah. they were a lot more cruel about the situation than me. Ooh. I love Tiffany Haddish. I think she's very talented. But to have her play the daughter of right. Octavia, it, it makes it. It just doesn't make sense. Right. I mean, it it did not make sense. It did not work. And there were some other dynamics with colorism and things like that that just. Mm. I was just like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I love that, they, that this story was being told, but mm, 
no why i'm gonna check it out for myself because you know they just so i you know i had to be thankful yeah be check it out but the, I, I i can't wait to hear what you think because when, yeah. when you see it you're gonna be like mm. <laughs> um, they should be girlfriends not mother and daughter not mother and daughter okay well i take that into advisement i have it in my favorites but i'm trying to find stuff that isn't scary or about the dead or about like contagions so yeah. i am trying to find stuff that isn't you should, like you should watch um because of your african roots you should watch bob hart's abishola Remember oh, you had you, you, yes, we have the, the the actors on. Yes, I'll one of the actresses was on our on our show a long time ago. I'm not even gonna try to attempt to say her name because it is challenging and I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> but this show is so funny. It's the first season of it. If you it is so well written, and it you know the it, it's a woman who is from Nigeria. She has a young son. She's a single mom. She lives with her aunt and uncle who are also from Nigeria. She's a nurse. She meets a man after he has a heart attack, attack in the hospital. He's a white man, so it's interracial dating. It's, it's so, but it is so well written and it is so funny. It's 30 minutes. I promise you, Joanne, if you start with this and The Neighborhood, also on uh, CBS with Tashina Arnold and Cedric the Entertainer, this show is so- I don't watch network TV at all. You know, I can't tell you the last time I've actually turned to a network and watched a show. I just don't when watch I, the network anymore. When I tell you, you are missing out on some great television. You should actually, CBS right now, when it comes to diversity and its programming, they also have the show, after those two shows, and I wanna say it comes on Monday night, uh, is All Rise with Simone Missick, who was in um, Luke Cage. She was like his love interest in- I Okay. Mm -hmm. She has, she plays a judge um, who graduated from Howard and is a member of Delta Sigma Theta. I love, they put that in there. <laughs> But she is a black um, judge in um, in Los Angeles. It's a great, um, it, it, like all these shows are back to back on Monday night. It's on CBS. Great show. And you know what's funny? They used to have the biggest problem with diversity. Remember, CBS was the network that had almost no diversity at all. Okay. And they lagged every year. And now I guess they are I'm leading. Really trying to turn it around because in addition to those three shows, they also have SWAT with, um, what's the, what's the, what's the, Shamar Moore. Shamar Moore. Lead on that. It's in its third season. It is so good. It's a great show to watch. They'll take your mind off a lot of this stuff. And CBS, I'm doing, I, 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 they should pay me. Uh, <laughs> CBS also has um, God Friended Me, um, which stars um, Brandon Michael Hall, um, who is a very talented um, actor, but his father is Papa Pope from Scandal. Okay. Yes. It, it, it is about a, a guy, a young guy in his 20s who's an atheist who gets a, a friend request from God, an account called God, and it's him trying to figure out who's behind the account. But every time the, the account sends him a friend request, he ends up helping someone. And his father, Papa Pope, Joe Morgan, Morton, um, they live in Harlem. You know, he's the minister of a church in Harlem. This show is such a feel-good show. Now, I'm giving you a list of shows, Miss I Don't Watch Network TV. <laughs> All you got to do is turn to CBS. So I, I, don't know what, I don't even know what channel that is here. That, that's how much I've, I'm out of the game of networks. One of the I don't know what channel it is. But find it. It's all on demand. <laughs> you will love these shows. You should not be watching Pandemic and all those shows. These shows are feel-good family shows. You can watch them with the whole family. They are such good shows. You should be watching them all. And you should get started on The Good Fight over on CBS All Access. They're about to start their fifth season. 
So you have plenty of time to catch up with the seasons that exist. And it's very, <laughs> very anti-Trump. So you would love it. Politics <laughs> involved in it, but a lot of other stuff. So I'm, gi- I'm giving you a list. You've given me the resources. I just need to use them. I understand. I know hard hands. Hard, hard hands. Make it soft. This is for everyone else out there who <laughs> wants to find something to yes. watch that will not stress them now. If you do actually value your sleep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, like one of the other things that I am going to try to do is if you, if I was to turn over to the left over here in my little office, I have so many books that I need to start reading. And so I was thinking about even launching like a little Instagrammy show to talk about kind of books to read, right? Because if I start to read through them, I might do a thing about what to read because a lot of people do ask me all the time, like what they should be reading. And it's not all apocalyptic stuff. There's some like good stuff here too. Um, Toni Morrison had a book before she passed away that is really wonderful, um, that is good. And so there are all these books that I need to start like digging into. There's, I even have a Watchmen book. You know, I'm obsessed with Watchmen. I have a comic. So we about to jump into some books. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep on all that. You may read your books, but you may not add anything else to your schedule that requires that you be somewhere and pull together anything. No. <laughs> if you can sit in your bed and wake up and turn on your phone and say, yes. you know what, blah, 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 blah. But if they bother, and if I know you, you got to list together. There are going to be graphics. Start interviewing authors. No. no. If you do this, it will become a thing. You I need a thing, but I need a thing. A thing would be good right now. A thing would actually de-stress. I would be less stressed out with a thing because not having a thing is stressing me out. I'm this too podcast t- is a thing. I'm too type. I'm too- <laughs> That's true. But it's once a week. And I am too type A to... Do relaxation and rest. It just, I don't do it well. Go to the beach, I get bored in five minutes. You Are know, you go, serious? I get bored immediately. I'm bored out of my mind. I, I need things to do. I have to have activity. You have I'd to rather, hmm? you gotta find a way to relax. I can't do it. I can't. I have literally, I've, I've never, need? very difficult. The beach I used to hate because I would take the kids but and they would have, have fun, need. but I'd be bored. Huh? You have marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Weed. What you need is weed. I'm not one. I'm not, I've never smoked weed or done any kind of what? No, never. But you, you got the wrong friends, girl. You better come on over here. I ain't even trying. I know you have never smoked weed because I've done. Oh, absolutely have. Absolutely, absolutely. I tried. I first tried it in college. Was not a fan because it makes me paranoid. Because my mom, I, I have too much of an mine so i start being paranoid and wanted to jump off the roof so not too long ago i was like you know let me try it again because i hadn't had it in many years you know back when jason and i were first dating i would try it and i was like mm, I'm, not, I'm not a huge fan but i tried it again recently i don't love it it's not my favorite thing to do only because like i said it makes me paranoid um but it, it is relaxing you need to find some kind of way to relax you don't <laughs> need a project you do not need a project if i do no you don't why don't you teach your kids how to drive? That's one thing we are going to do. That is on the list because they must, they must, yeah. So we are, we are on the schedule to teach the kids how to drive. That's happening. Now and I'm taking go out to a parking garage and yeah. or a parking lot. Yeah. Um, since you're not in New York, go in a parking lot with the kid and just practice. Yeah. 
And just drive around. Yeah, that is on the list. That is on the list. We got three of them. Three of them need to know how to drive. Zero of them do know now. So yes. yes, we did a little driving with the middle son the other day. So we're getting started on that. That is one of our little projects. Mommy so school. Listen, in four weeks, they could all know how to drive. Know how to drive. And then when this whole apocalypse is over, they can go get their licenses and they'll be all set. And they can run errands for you. And then they can go get stuff. Yeah. No, ma'am. But that won't <laughs> <laughs> then they'll be gone. <laughs> and then they'll be gone. <laughs> then they'll be and then it won't matter anymore because they'll have gone back to New York where they don't have to drive. Oh my God. <sighs> well, Jackie Reed, I feel like we've given people wonderful advice on pets, on things to watch, on things to do, and on how to. Well, you've told them how to de stress. I have no clue. Um, <laughs> but we've helped people today. Yes, we definitely helped. We have. Absolutely. And that's what we're here for. And that's why we're here. We're here to de-stress you so you can listen to us instead of listening to your active mind. Yes, mm. so true. You are welcome. You are welcome. You are welcome. Anytime. We're happy to suffer for you. <laughs> and with you. And a daily schedule. I need you to open up your phone and start putting a schedule in. Or a nice, look, I, while we were talking, I, I got my little schedule book. My Yay. little booking. Yeah, I bought this little bookums. So we're going to start filling this little bookums up with stuff. Yes. It's going to be great. Good. I love it. I have my planners. I'm going to go back to working with those. It has saved me. Oh, I love a planner. I love a list. Isn't it the best? It no, just makes you feel better. It does. It makes me feel a lot more in control. I've been watching Living, Sing Living Single in addition to Girlfriends. And I realized that my wig is like Regine's wig. Remember Kim Field's character? Oh, my gosh. A little bit. Right? A little bit. A little. I'm getting to the place where I think I'm gonna, by the end of this all, I may be wearing my hair without a wig, like my natural hair, but I'm just not happy with it because I can't figure out how to, um, how to style it. Like it's, right. it's so hard and yeah. it shrinks up so, like it's so yeah. coiled yeah. so tightly. And I'm just like, ugh, I just I want know. to be able to do more with it. And I want to be happy with it. I want to be like, oh, this is great. Let me just go out, you know, go outside. But I don't. I don't love it. No, same here. I'm, I'm just going to keep my little braids in because you know what? I can twist them, put them in a bun, take them out of the bun. It's so much easier. I can't see myself using my hair for a while until, I, until it's grown into a shape. Well, your hair is longer, though. you got it's a long, big head of hair. But it also isn't a, it has no shape. It has no, it's not like a big, perfect afro. And it's also not, it just doesn't have a shape at all. My hair has no shape. So I'm like, it's just going to be there and not be cute. So there's no point. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. I, have, I have like two inches of hair. If that. Yeah. Inch and a half. <laughs> you could do a baldy. You could do a baldy. A what? What's that? Baldy. Do it real low to your head. Just a baldy. I don't know. I don't know if I like that. You have, have you ever seen your actual whole head shape to see what your head shape is? Yeah, that when I first got it cut, it was pretty short. But right, so you know what you know you have a good head shape. I think you go, you can do the baldy. You can do it. I you can do it with a big earring and a nice like, you know, it's it it can be very cute. I gotta get there. But I wear, you know, the minute I get off of this, it comes off. So I've been walking but around you know the house with it. Yeah, but guess what you got right now? Time. Time to mess with your hair. This is the beauty of it. So I was actually talking with my, my sister and some girlfriends about products to try. So I'm experimenting, yeah. trying to get what I can get with everything that's going mm -hmm. on. Cause I can't yeah. go to, you know, the beauty supply place right no, now. No, you cannot. You certainly, it's getting everybody to get to know your natural hair. Cause you ain't got no choice. 
natural hair, nails, everything. Nails and all that. It's all just, it's all, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. All Woo! right, cousin. Well, I know I'm going to let you get back to doing nothing. Yes. I'm going to, well, no, I'm going to get back to writing my list. Good. And uh, not having a cocktail. And having some water. Show. You're preparing yes. for the big show this weekend from home. I love that you get to do it from home. I'm happy. Yeah. Just go right in the basement and that's where the studio is. So we're just going to, we're going to make it work. And for all of you out there, just make it work. Don't feel alone. Fire up the podcast. Fire up your favorite audio books. You know, Zoom a friend. You can be on Zoom with your friends. It's fabulous. True. And it's great. Yes. It makes a difference to not just talk to people, but see them face to face. That yeah. really makes a difference. So figure out Zoom and FaceTime and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And, and call all your oldies. Call all your old people. Call them. They don't like Zoom. They want you to call them. So I call them. Call them. So true. Call all right, old. Joanne. All right, cuz. Have a good one and stay off them roads. Be careful out there. Listen, I ain't helping nobody else. Mm -mm, that's it. We all know. Listen, you watch The Walking Dead. You know better. Don't be getting involved. I know. I know. I've got like the the Fear of the Walking Dead season where they wanted to help people, but I'm. That's you turned into Rick. You turned around and turned into. Rick. Or you see what happened to Michonne? Same thing happened to you. That's yep. all. I'm back to being Carol now. Back to being Carol. Carol's gonna make it to the end of the season. I know. I know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Um, well, you can still see Jackie Reed because you still have your show. So your show We're is now into by news conferences um, with Governor Cuomo. You can see us on NBC4. We're still, you know, doing interviews and doing things like that and producing a show every day but we're always yeah. preempted but every like yes, today we got a full show on. So yeah. yeah. And can we now watch your show online? No. Oh, because see, you would think this would be a great opportunity to let the whole country see it. I know. I know. That's Above what we're always thinking. Right? Yeah, they're not thinking. We're thinking. You can still see my show um, when we're not, well, we're generally not preempted, but sometimes we do get preempted by Cuomo. So yeah. the parts of our show that survive and don't get preempted by uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo, you can still see on MSNBC or you can stream MSNBC and see it. So you don't even have to use your TV. No, that's fabulous. You can still follow that. us and read this, read that. Uh, just take off the last heat. Keep it for savings because you're going to need savings right now. So true. And you'll be able to see the video of our podcast on our IGTV. So be sure and check that out. I'm still How trying exciting. to load it up, but I want to put the first one up from last week. And then I'll put this one up as well. So check out our IGTV and you can see that. Happy, happy, happy. We're so happy and it's going to be great. All right, guys. Uh, happy apocalypse to everyone. Oh, my God. True. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>